0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another version of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I've got an exciting guest tonight. I've been watching his stuff on Facebook for quite a while now. enjoy it. And first time I've got to meet him face to face. And for some of you, it'll be the first time, too. But many of you already know Bill Thrasher. Bill's the author of a book called The Jesus Purpose and other books. And he also has a Facebook group called The Jesus Purpose Community. I'm not sure how he finds time to work because he posts a lot of stuff in there and it's always good stuff. And, uh, when we're, when we're recording Bill's in Atlanta. And when we're recording this, it's his family's time for four birthdays in a month's time and uh, a busy time at work, but he's taking the time to be with us this evening. So welcome Bill.
1: Thank you very much. I am excited to be here. Uh, thank you, Paul.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And Bill, as we always do, the first question I ask is, how is the understanding that you've come to know of God's unconditional love and grace for everyone? Mm. How's that changed your relational life with your family, your friends, the people at work and your AV company that you're yep. vice president of? When you go to the, when you go to the grocery store, or the gas station, when the rubber hits the road, how's that changed your life?
1: I'm probably going to have a weird answer. Maybe it's a good answer. I, I'm glad to say I don't think it's changed it dramatically. Ah. Maybe it's just something that's been deep inside of me for a long, long, long time. But I have always approached life with a sense of joy and inclusion, whether I realized it or not. Good. Sometimes that challenged my theological paradigms that I was being taught in church. But no matter who I've come in contact with in my life, I've always liked people and I've always seen an inherent goodness in people. And I believe that love doesn't fail, even when I kind of was told maybe it would. I just, I (laughs) wrestled with that all the time. And so once I came into this paradigm shift of God's all redeeming love, the finished work of the cross, unconditional grace, whatever you want to call it, it's like everything aligned. What, what was going on and how I lived all of a sudden was backed by the theology I never knew I could believe in. So I say that to say the only people that it really has changed, ironically, my relationship with are people inside <laughs> of institutional religion. <laughs> and uh, some of those relationships have definitely grown strained because I'm that weirdo now that says... Things like, well, I don't believe in eternal conscious torment, and I, I really don't believe in Jesus dying for our sins, but I'd rather dying as our sins. Things that are so subtle in nature. I don't have the faith in Christ. I have the faith of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and they just look at me like I have a third eye on the front of my head. And <laughs> yeah. I've laughed. I said, it's not that they don't like me anymore. But I don't think they know what to do with me anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. So that yeah. has changed. So that may be a little bit of a twist. But I'm just a pretty lighthearted guy and enjoy
0: living. Well, I've chosen your countenance and your person, and that's great, boy. What a wonderful gift to have. And some of us work real hard to be like that, and and don't always <laughs> measure up.
1: <laughs> and I think I owe a lot to you know my upbringing, my parents.
0: Yeah. You mentioned you have an insider's view with an outsider's perspective Uh, in all things, Christian. I think that's what you said. And you were telling me your dad and then you helped him, worked on staff with Billy Graham doing the sound for their crusades. And so you had a very unique opportunity to be up close to some amazing things that were happening and see Mm -hmm. people that were, you know, not only household names in the United States, but worldwide. And uh, what was that like? Can you describe it in a few words?
1: Yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. I've been unbelievably blessed to be in a stadium, literally, a, you know, a 80,000, 100,000 person stadium, sitting on stage with a man who's known globally when an invitation's given that people can come to know Jesus better. And I've seen the desperation, I've seen the the desire for people to connect with this this personality. That is Christ, and pour out of aisles onto a field, and then to pray the prayer, and you know, kind of that paradigm that they that they went through at that point in time. But it was just such an encouraging thing in so many ways. There were aspects of it that would make you kind of go hmm. And it wasn't again until obviously years later where I was able to start reconciling some of those things with a theological view that that was a little different. But um, I've also laughed. uh, We got the honor to do um, Alcoholics Anonymous. They have a uh, international convention. Really. That's hosted like every, I think it's every four years. And uh, it was in the Toronto Sky Dome. And I'll tell you, I've never felt the Holy Spirit as palpable as a place like an Alcoholics Anonymous convention. Really? Yeah, 80,000 drunks. I <laughs> mm. say that respectfully. Yeah. 80,000 drunks in a room who know they're broken, who know they've messed up in life somewhere along the line. Mm. And one person gets on stage and says, Hey, my name's Bill. And I'm an alcoholic, and eighty thousand people in unison yell, "Hi, Bill!" And I'm the, the hair standing up on my arms right now. Yeah, and so just moments like that—that's inclusion, whether we realize it or not. That is God's love pouring out in literal union and harmony, and uh, little things like that have coalesced to bring me to where I am today.
0: Well, that's wonderful. So often we see, maybe not something with eighty thousand people, but but we <laughs> but we see in a secular setting unconditional mm-hmm. love and grace and inclusion and acceptance just in tremendous ways that unfortunately we don't always see in organized religious settings yep. it's so uh, i'm getting goosebumps too because i i just uh, <laughs> you know when i see those things you know i see people now i, I see people as christ is in everybody christ died as everybody and we're all included. Uh, there's nobody that's not included. God is the father of all. That's right. And when I see people through that lens and then see people saying and doing things that I know is being prompted by the Holy Spirit in them, they may not know that. Well, it just changes everything, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does. Anytime you see joy, like authentic yeah. joy or even patience and kindness, you know, goodness, faithfulness, any of these words... That's Holy Spirit, whether we can wrap it around the Christian context or not. That's irrelevant. Uh, Those are the fruits of spirit. And um, that's a beautiful thing when we get to see those and, and actually relate them to that cruciform image that we are made in the image of.
0: I'm sure you have, too, Bill. I occasionally get the opportunity when I'm talking with somebody that doesn't yet know Jesus, and I get the opportunity to tell them, you know, I see God in you. What you just did, like to a single mom, you know, struggling with mm-hmm. a couple of kids and a baby buggy and yep. all that. And uh, sometimes, I, especially in situations, like that, I just stop and say, you know, you're just a really, you're a neat mom, and I just see God inside of you. And uh, yeah, uh, people resonate with that. It's fun to be able to do it.
1: Yeah, one of my dearest friends. It's kind of hard to say because he, he's just been rocked with more tragedy in the last two or three years than any human being mm-hmm. I've met personally. I've known him for a long time. I actually brought him into our business and hired him. He's one of my project managers, and he's lost two teenage sons in three years
0: uh-huh. in
1: totally separate incidents. It's just absolutely just one of the most gut-wrenching, tragic kind of situations that you can even witness. And this, I consider this man one of my closest friends. And as you might guess, um, he struggles mm-hmm. with faith and, and has forever. Since I first known him, he's always struggled with it, with organized religion. But now it's just, he just he can't even bear to come to grips with it. And yet I see more Christ in that guy and his countenance and how he treats others, even through the situation. And, I, and then we do, we tell him he is one of the most engraced people I've ever met in my life. And, um, and Christ is in him. He is a representative of the kingdom, whether he knows it or not. And we speak that over him and we speak that into him. And it's... He knows I'm weird, and he's even approached me about it. He goes, why do you believe so differently than everybody else? And just the fact he would ask me that shows a level of trust in him with me and something there that he just he's interested in, but he doesn't mm-hmm. even know how to articulate it just because he's felt so much grief and, and, and pain in his mm-hmm.
0: life so recently. Gosh, I'm sorry for him. I'm glad you're in his life, though.
1: No, it's tough, but you know, to know that, that Christ is there is...
0: I, say yeah. so often, and it's not original with me, but um, experience always trumps intellect. That's right. When you experience joy, when when you experience Christ being there helping you through tragedies, when you experience a friend helping you, that trumps all the things that you can read in books or theology books or statements of faith or doctrines right. or uh, or all of that kind of stuff. And so sometimes yeah. when I talk to my still religious friends— They seem to wonder, you know, why I can't be convinced of what they're thinking. And, you know, sometimes I'll just say, man, I know Jesus. You're right. I know him. I listen to him. I hear him. I've seen him change my life and other people's lives. You're not going to tell me that what you've read in a book and may have said over and over again and believe so strongly can trump that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I've laughed in my life. I've experienced church. And what I mean by church the experience of God's unconditional love, the thing you open up with more at places like Hooters with a bunch of roadies after a Billy Graham crusade. Cause it's the only place you can go get a beer in town and not have like, were you at the Billy Graham crusade? <laughs> <laughs> and it's this family around a table eating hot wings and it's authentic, unconditional love being shared. Or when I was in the Marine Corps, Cleaning rifles with my brothers, bored out of my mind, laughing about something that's just completely inconsequential in this world, sports or something. And there's a bond of brotherhood being shared there in this this completely benign moment. Or, you know, when I'm at a tailgate with my friends and, you know, I have a beer in my hand and we're, we're talking about the opponent we're going to play that day, those I'm experiencing that pericardic love. And I'm experiencing God's church. And, and those were the things that when I'm sitting in an institutional world and I'm watching somebody say, hey, you got to get right with God and you need to do these things. And I'm like, that's just not how Christ loved me first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, so, and so you're right. I think that's the shift that started for me, I don't know, a decade or so ago and has just really continued to grow exponentially to where we are today.
0: Uh, It's wonderful. When this podcast airs, it'll be a few weeks from when we're doing it right now. But right now, today, I listened to, and you may have too, Don Keithley's message from last Sunday, where he talked about different words that we've been taught wrong definitions of. And one of them is church. Yeah. And talked about word pictures. And, you know, when you hear the word church. Sometimes I can even think, and I've been a pastor 30 years, you you can think of a big brick building, you know, with stained glass windows and stuff. That's never what it was to begin with. The ecclesia, the called out, the people who get together in in Jesus' day who had wine and ate lamb or whatever there was there, just had a good time. (laughs) you know, they they didn't call Jesus a a glutton and a drunkard because, uh, you know, he was on a keto diet and only drank water. Those times together and whether it's with, uh, you know, I'm a musician, as you know, and sometimes with me. Uh, it's, well, I play on Thursday nights with the band at the local American Legion. We play for a couple of hours. Yeah. And, uh, at 73, I'm the youngest guy in the band. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, we've, we've all at one time or another made our living. Playing music, so we know all the jazz standards and tunes. You know, we don't, we don't rehearse, uh, we yep. don't read music and that kind of stuff. Well, a couple of people do, but this neither here nor there. But just being there, you know, having a drink, watching people from uh, World War II, Korea dancing and having fun, enjoying each other, having a glass of wine thinking back to earlier days and settings that they were in and making the music together and that kind of stuff it's unconditional love it's acceptance it's grace it is it's church <laughs> it is church and we and we have guys in that band different people come every week but we have guys that are totally different politically totally different economic socioeconomic that's right doesn't even come up and if it does come up we're able to laugh and joke with each other and not uh, that's church yeah. Ha 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 yeah,
1: It is. And, and I, like I said, I have church every day at work. I'm blessed to be a busy guy at work. Um, but I work with an amazing team. And we got people from every different walk of life there. And uh, we come together around the table. And we talk about AV. But there's a joy and a grace and a fellowship that takes place. There's community, right? There's union and commonality. And we experience church in the most unexpected ways and sometimes in the most unexpected places. We share life together. And I think that's really what church is about. It's, it's sharing.
0: Yeah, it really. And whether it's at work or play, and I, I think there's something special about having meals together. I mean, you know, whether it's in a break room at work or, you know, going out to dinner with, with friends or whatever, having the meal together, just relaxed and talking and sharing. And
1: You're right. Breaking bread. There's something about that idea of sustaining our next phase of the day. And in the Marine Corps, we used to laugh. It was, you know, boot camp. It was meal to meal. Like if you could just make it from breakfast to lunch, yeah. lunch to dinner, you knew you could kind of make it through the day. And I think there's something that is rhythmic about
0: yeah. food
1: and celebration of just enough energy to get to that next phase of our yeah. our endeavor, whatever that looks like. And, and that you know, there's, there's something holy in that.
0: What did you do in the Marines and how long were you in?
1: You know, I kind of have a pretty... Uneventful story there. I joined right out of high school. I actually did not even go to my graduation for my high school. I went straight to Paris Island in 1996 with a special program so I could still go to college as a reservist. And I had every intention of becoming an officer in the Marine Corps. And I talk about that a little bit in my book, that that just whole experience in my life. But God just kind of changed the course for me. And I ended up just serving out my eight years in the United States Reserves and Marine Corps Reserves as an ammunition technician. In other words, I was an accountant for bullets. <laughs> it's not a glamorous thing, you know, <laughs> 20 bullets out, 20 bullets in. That's basically what I did and uh, formed lifelong friendships. And uh, I- I'm humbled to be able to say that I've served as a Marine. Marines are a little bit arrogant. We are the few, we are the proud. And and it is, uh, there's something there with Marines that is more unioned again. And there's something there again, I think that's spoken in my life, a camaraderie that we share, but that I actually then bring into the body of Christ with a perspective that, We share that same thing, you know, all people, you know, I think every person's story is uniquely like that. And and I think if we can look at how the the things that we have done have shaped who we are, where we are at this point in time, we can be amazed at the entangled glory that God has interwoven. That is the story of I am. I am Bill, right? You, you say, I am Paul, and you have that same story behind you. And, and it gives us the perspective of, of how we can look at this world. And, and when we can start to see those things through the eyes of Christ's redemption,
0: oh, and well. it gets good. Yeah it yeah it really does. It does. I I think back to my time I was in the reserves uh, for guard for 6 years and reserve oh. for another 18. And normally I when I meet people and talk about that I tell them uh, you know if you can guess what I did I had two commands the total time. If you can guess what I did I'll buy you dinner anywhere you want. Now from our conversation earlier <laughs> you, you could probably you might be able to guess that I was a bandmaster so nobody ever has yeah. guessed that but the camaraderie that we had <laughs> and of course we we were yeah. in both the Kansas National Guard band and the 312th Army Reserve band we were about as far from organized military (laughs) as you could imagine. (laughs) And uh, we we had uh, so much fun and so many good memories. And I do uh, miss that. Uh, But there are a lot of good things that we can do that we got to pick and choose sometimes. Of course, now I'm old enough now that I I still, I can't (laughs) do that, but uh, 24 years was enough. So
1: yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it was the right time for me to move on from my life from that when I got married and and we blessed with a family i was i was really honored I, I i never went to combat i never went anywhere i never really had to do anything i was post desert storm and pre you know operation iraqi freedom mm-hmm. so I, I was kind of in that gap just really blessed not to, to have to do anything yeah. that so many of my friends did i have the utmost respect for people who have had to have to go and serve them in that capacity
0: yeah well me too and thank you for your serve i mean it's all uh god works through all of it and uh yeah. And all of those things. Bill, I can't believe our time is up. This is, man, this is it's going awesome. so quickly. If we can do this again, maybe you can talk about your book and about the the, yeah, the Facebook yeah. group. So uh, as we get ready to close this session, tell people how they can contact you, where they can find out more about you, where yeah. they can get your book.
1: Yeah, uh, my book's available on e-format or in paperback. Uh, you can go to Amazon and search for The Jesus Purpose by Bill Thrasher, or actually it's William Thrasher's my author name. If you search Bill Thrasher author, you will find another Christian author that is not me. Oh, really? (laughs) So I'm William William Thrasher, at least on a pen name standpoint. I go by Bill, but William on the book. The Jesus Purpose. I'm easy to find on Facebook. The Jesus Purpose, and and especially the Jesus Purpose community is the private group where we have a lot of interaction and a lot of activity. And um, Twitter Uh, Instagram, all all those, uh, the Jesus purpose. I'm pretty easy to find if you just look for, or, you know, the other thing is I always put hashtag the Jesus purpose at the end of my stuff. So if you even just search hashtag the Jesus purpose, you'll probably find a lot of my, uh, my ramblings.
0: (laughs) And well, and it's all good stuff. And and a lot of it is very challenging, even for uh, uh, in a good Good. way, even for, you know, somebody like me who's been going along (laughs) this grace journey for 10 years or so now, uh, you give me a lot of things to think about and uh, (laughs) I almost always come around to what you're, what you're getting at. So it's all good. (laughs) Good. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Bill. And we'll do another podcast. So it'll be on a week later from when people hear this, but thank you for being with us today. And uh, thanks everybody for watching and listening. Another version, another episode of grace to all with Paul Gray and this time with Bill Thrasher. Thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to grace to all for more about us